This is K.M. Wyland, and you are listening to the 225th episode of the Helping Writers Become Authors podcast. For me, the Christmas season is always a time for reflecting on the year and thanking God for his many blessings. This year, I find myself giving thanks particularly for the word players in my life. I am often overwhelmed by the kindness, enthusiasm, and generosity of the people I get to interact with on a daily basis. I don't like making lists since I inevitably forget people who should emphatically not be forgotten. But I would like to give a special shout out to a handful of word players who have made my corner of the writing community a brighter place this year. They include Steve Matheson, Linda Yezik, Lorna Poston, Braden Russell, Angela Ackerman, Becca Puglisi, M.M. Ballast, Joe Bunting, Porter Anderson, Nick Thacker, London Crockett, Rich Weatherly, Martina Mantilla, Jeffrey Poston, John Cook, Chuck Davis, Joanna Coleman, and Liberty Spidell. My thanks to them and all of you for being awesome, each in your own ways. Merry Christmas! How authors kill suspension of disbelief by calling attention to themselves. The latest post in the video series on my blog discusses the pros and cons of in-jokes and how to avoid using them to kill suspension of disbelief. To watch it, visit my website at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. New videos are posted every Wednesday. And now, I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast entitled Eight and a Half Character Archetypes You Should Be Writing. Here's the thing about character archetypes. Everybody's got his own take. Do you run with Joseph Campbell's gazillion and one Jungian archetypes? How about Dramatica's double quad of eight archetypes? Or maybe screenwriter Michael Haggis' simple offering of four main players? Nothing wrong with running with all of them. The fact that archetypes are both universally applicable and yet endlessly varying provides authors with both structure and flexibility. Character archetypes present important guidelines for creating a well-rounded cast that can provide optimum help for advancing your hero's journey. But depending on which approach you take, they can also be either frustratingly vague or claustrophobically limiting. Today we're going to explore my take, which is primarily based on Dramatica's eight characters. I like this approach because of its logic and comprehensiveness, and also because it offers structure without boxing me in. 1. Protagonist This one doesn't need much explanation. Your protagonist is the most important person in your story. The story belongs to him. He is the main actor. He is the one most greatly affected by the antagonist. He is the person whose reactions and actions drive the majority of the plot. He's the person with whom the readers will identify most strongly, and he's the person whose inner journey, as influenced by the outer conflict, will be the most obvious manifestation of your story's theme. Examples include Ebenezer Scrooge in A Christmas Carol, Lightning McQueen in Cars, Bruce Wayne in Batman Begins, and Maddie Ross in True Grit. 2. Antagonist 
This one's also pretty clear. The antagonist will probably be a character in his own right, or maybe an antagonistic force, for example, weather. The point of his existence in whatever manifestation is that he is the main obstacle to your character's achievement of his main plot goal. He is directly opposed to your protagonist rather than incidentally. And he's the person who shares important similarities, whether good or bad, with your protagonist in order to highlight and advance areas of protagonist growth. Examples include the Joker in The Dark Knight, President Snow in The Hunger Games, Tai Lung in Kung Fu Panda, and Old Man Potter in It's a Wonderful Life. 3. Sidekick or as Hauga calls them, reflections, come in many different forms, everything from a best friend or accomplice to an employee or a family member. What's important is that the sidekick is loyal to and supportive of the protagonist. He is aligned with the protagonist's goals, and he is someone who differs from the protagonist in important ways, whether good or bad, in order to highlight areas of protagonist growth. Examples include Mater in Cars, Barney Fife in The Andy Griffith Show, Bert the Cop in It's a Wonderful Life, and Nadine Groot in Red River. 4. Skeptic. Here's where Dramatica's pairing of characters gets interesting. According to this model, every character has his opposite, which allows the author to draw important contrasts and plumb the depths of his theme. Just like the antagonist is the opposite of the protagonist, the skeptic is the opposite of the sidekick. He is skeptical. No, really. He is someone who doubts everything, particularly the protagonist's choices. He is someone who is mostly on the protagonist's side, but who is pessimistic about the protagonist's choices rather than optimistic. He is a voice of caution, sometimes to the protagonist's advantage, who is more likely to provide reasons why something won't work than why it will. Examples include Miss Sally in Cars, Labeef in True Grit, Estella in Great Expectations, and Hub McCann in Secondhand Lions. 5. Guardian. Also popularly known as the Mentor, the Guardian is a classic archetype. Think Obi-Wan, Morpheus, and the three ghosts in A Christmas Carol. He is often visualized as a gray-bearded old man, but he can take many forms, everything from a child, Piggy in Lord of the Flies, to an animal, think Puka in the animated film Anastasia, to a seeming fool, Clarence in It's a Wonderful Life. He is a teacher or helper. He is someone who guards the protagonist during his quest. He is someone who guides, or sometimes just attempts to guide, the protagonist down the right path. He has a moral standard against which the protagonist and the antagonist will be measured, and he is someone who alternately supports or opposes the protagonist's ideas, depending upon the protagonist's shifting alignment within the story's moral standard. Examples include Alfred Pennyworth in Batman Begins, Shifu in Kung Fu Panda, Garth McCann in Secondhand Lions, and Colonel Ramsey in The Great Escape. 6. Contagonist. This is a term unique to Dramatica's list of archetypes. As defined by Melanie Ann Phillips and Chris Huntley, the contagonist hinders and deludes the protagonist, tempting it to take the wrong course 
or approach. The contagonist is contrasted with the guardian because he wittingly or unwittingly seeks to ultimately hinder rather than help the protagonist. He's different from the antagonist because he is not directly opposed to the protagonist's plot goal. He's someone who may be on the protagonist's side in the overall conflict, but who gets in the protagonist's way and causes him to consider backing out of the battle against the antagonist or taking the wrong path to reach his end goal. Examples include Doc Hudson in Cars, Colonel Phillips in Captain America, the first Avenger, Blanche Ingram in Jane Eyre, and Jack Favell in Rebecca. 7. Reason Just as his title suggests, the Reason character is present in the story to provide a voice of logic. He is someone who is fundamentally logical. Someone who makes decisions based on logic, not emotions. He's someone who acts in logical ways independent of the protagonist, and someone whose logic influences the protagonist's choices for better or worse. Examples include C-3PO in Star Wars, Ham in Toy Story, Inspector Gordon in Batman Begins, and Herod in Claudius the God. 8. Emotion If you've guessed that the emotion character is pretty much the opposite of the reason character, then it's a gold star for you. The emotion character is someone who is fundamentally emotional. Someone who makes decisions based on emotions, not logic. He's someone who may be negatively emotional, for example, angry, or positively emotional, for example, compassionate, or both. He's someone who acts in emotional ways independent of the protagonist, and someone whose emotion influences the protagonist's choices, for better or worse. Examples include Mr. Ping in Kung Fu Panda, Kathy in Wuthering Heights, Amelia Sadley in Vanity Fair, and Melanie in Gone with the Wind. Eight and a half, love interest. Finally, we come to an archetypal staple not explicit in Dramatica's presentation. The love interest will be found in the vast majority of stories and is not mentioned in Dramatica's list simply because it will almost always fit one of the other archetypes as well. However, the love interest is worth mentioning independently of the other archetypes, both because of its prominence in fiction and because of several important distinctions unique to the role. This character is someone with whom the protagonist falls in love, and who probably falls in love back. Someone who is often a catalyst in either the protagonist's inner or outer journey, or both. Someone who alternately supports the protagonist and resists him, depending on which action is necessary to push the protagonist forward in his personal growth. Examples include Miss Sally in Cars, Rachel Dawes in Batman Begins, Rhett Butler in Gone with the Wind, and Mr. Rochester in Jane Eyre. So there you have it. Eight important character archetypes that can power your story and help you create the most fulfilling plot and theme possible. But wait, there's more. Let's make this whole idea even simpler. As Christopher Vogler puts it in The Writer's Journey, another way of looking at the archetypes is to see them not as rigid character roles, but as functions performed temporarily by characters to achieve certain effects in a story. In other words, while you may end up with eight unique characters, you may also decide you can combine your archetypes. Your love interest may also be a skeptic. 
your contagonist may be your reason character. Your sidekick may also be your emotion character. The important thing isn't that every story presents a unique character for every one of these archetypes. Rather, the important thing is that your story incorporates as many of these character aspects as possible so you can bring full-fledged depth and resonance to both your plot and your theme. Thank you for listening to the Wordplay Podcast. To read a transcript of this episode, you can visit my website at helpingwritersbecomeauthors.com. And be sure to check back again next week.